So, Josh uh, Crashour, does it annoy you to have the same name as a prominent journalist who may not share your views? Okay, I was not told this is going to be an ambush. This is an ambush. I'm a uh, journalist, and we're going to get to the truth. I thought this is going to be a softball interview. Um, I'm out. I'm done. I uh, really am offended that you would even say that I would um, give you a softball interview. Yeah, I'm sorry for questioning your journalistic integrity, I guess. Uh, yes, it actually does piss me off a lot. I've had like old landlords like text me and ask if I'm that Josh Crowshar and I have no idea why. Uh, like like after I, I moved out of their, their place, um, it, it makes my life a living hell to know that like once uh, once a month, someone will ask if I'm that guy. And, uh, you know, why is it bad? What's wrong with him? So he is just like the most like he's almost a parody of sort of like a centrist dunce is what I would say about him. Like he's one of the only people who's lost a debate to like, you know, Nate Silver. Um, like he's just like he's I, I don't even know. He's, he's got kind of almost like a, a timeless quality to him of just being like a complete and utter like fucking moron. Like anything he says is either like kind of pointless or vapid. And he's not even like a big, he's like at the very like bottom of like the trough of like the pundit ecosystem. Like he, he, he doesn't have like a show, like people barely know him. He barely exists. It's like shocking that his career continues to exist outside of just like the inertia that the whole industry is kind of based off of once you like make it to a certain point. But he's like, he's, he's like an almost a nobody uh, but he still ruins my name. You know, it's not even like he's like a big, he's not, he's not even big enough that people realize immediately that I'm not that Josh Crowshaw, you know? Well, if he's a nobody, then today we have a somebody. Oh. This is Hog Planet. I'm Dan Spaventa. Sam is absent today. He's in L.A., the uh, COVID capital of America. I don't know if that's really true. I think uh, Florida's worse, I think. But what, what do I know? No, Louisiana's really bad. Um, so today, you may have heard him before. I'm joined by uh, the other Josh Crashour. Hello. My, my friend, Josh. Hello. Uh, so Josh, uh, you know, we have a lot to discuss today, but you know, you were hesitant to come on the podcast and then you said, I'll do it. Now, what prompted the change? Because you're, you're one of the more, uh, knowledgeable people I know about the topics Sam and I discuss. So, so what is the hesitancy to wade into this medium? Um, so I think the thing is you asked me a year ago when I was substantially less involved in a lot of politics, like I was doing a little bit of this and that, but I wasn't like super active. I didn't feel that I was like at a level where I could comment on anything with any 
degree of insight and I've been like very active in a lot of spheres in New York city for like a year and feel like not really like the, 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 the top most qualified person, but like, I know the scene enough to actually talk about it without making like an ass of myself essentially. Well, good. Uh, and, uh, you definitely won't do that today. Definitely. Don't, not. I, I would not, uh, <laughs> don't get your hopes up on that point. Um, but yeah, so one thing that you are involved with is the DSA Eco-Socialist Group. That's your that's your latest uh, your latest um, you know project that you uh, talk a lot about. So I know a bit about it, but yeah, I never shut tell, up about it. Yeah, why don't you tell the listeners what I don't know what's what because I feel like people like say, oh, what's the point of uh, joining a group like the DSA? And then it's it seems that the point is to maybe uh, find one of these smaller groups and then uh, get involved from there, right? It's like, just kind of like trying to use it in a, in a way that, I don't know, that like, you think it's just gonna like uh, provide a sort of like a righteous path for you, but instead you kind of have to like find it, right? Can, can you, I'm a little, lost at the question i'm sorry the yeah. question kind of went like three different directions yeah so um what's uh you know what's the benefit of joining these smaller caucuses in the dsa well it's, sorry, it's not Josh. It's, it's not um uh there are three different like main uh like groups of dsa there's like chapters or branches which are like location based there's working groups which are cause based and there's caucuses um which are ideological, and uh, this this is extremely niche. I'm sorry. Uh, getting into any like like sub ideology like fight of DSA or any leftist organization is like a hellscape, which is best avoided. It's also but, um, kind of boring. It's also kind of boring. And yeah, lame. it's boring because you don't you don't actually do in a caucus. You don't really do anything except like once every two years we have like a convention. Like working groups are like actually working on causes. Caucuses are like that's not. what I meant. Ca- working groups. No, I know, I know. I just, yeah, I just yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd Sorry, the terminology that. was. Uh, yeah, I was, I was being a little anal, um, honestly. <laughs> but um, so the, I expected the, this to be very contentious. So we're, we're off yeah, to a great start. Yeah, we hate each other. Um, so sorry, I didn't ask the best of questions. I didn't write <laughs> anything down for this. I'm going off the dome here. I forgot even to put in my notes to talk about your, uh, you know, your work here. So I, I'm glad I remembered it off the, <laughs> off the top here. So yeah, you would, the one thing you did remember was to ask me about the other Josh Crashar though, right off the bat with yeah. no hesitation before you play the fucking hog planet banger theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To uh, Joe bags or absolutely great. And uh, you can find his music on SoundCloud at bags. Uh, he's, he's great. Um, so yeah, what's um what's your working group uh, do, and what's your experience been kind of trying to navigate how to actually be proactive? Sure. So um, our working group is you know it's eco socialists who are focused on green policy. Um, specifically, we're focused in like green policy. Mostly, the work that we do is like like fairly local, like a little bit of New York City stuff, but mostly like New York State like fighting to get like green bills passed uh, in the legislature. Our current bill that we tried to pass in, in 2021 is the Build Public Renewables Act, uh, or I'll probably refer to it going forward as like the BPRA. Um, and that would basically, I don't want to get too much in detail on that one. That would basically like take 
uh, government agencies that already exist uh, and empower them to invest uh, very heavily in green energy and kind of give us a um, focal point to build green energy in um, New York State, right? So um, we have been... Um, can you repeat the question again? I'm sorry, I'm losing my track. This no, is the first time I've been like, on podcast. What, um, terrified. How did you navigate kind of uh, being proactive and like what is the what is the working group uh, working on? You know, sure. Uh, uh, some of the current current projects that you were just described. Describe. Yeah. So so BPRA is. I'll do the what we're working on first, and then I'll I'll go more into detail about my my experiences as like an organizer. I think. Um, so BPRA is is the bill we tried to pass in 2021. Um, that did not pass this year, um, despite being like revenue neutral and kind of a slam dunk. Um, it's also, so, um, the states, the state government basically passed legislation like two years ago, the, uh, CLCPA, which is basically like a mandate to decarbonize by a certain amount of time. Um, so it's basically the mandate that like New York is going to go green. It's like all our targets for like carbon, et cetera. But we didn't, um, we haven't passed anything to that end yet. So a lot of climate activists, including um, NYC DSA Ecosoch, uh, our broader, we have a whole coalition for this bill, Public Power Coalition, which is like over a dozen groups, uh, half DSA, half not across the state. So we thought that this year would be a good chance to pass climate legislation, um, but they didn't go for that. Uh, they also didn't go for any, they were like, two other major climate bills, um, though I, I believe the BPRA is, in my opinion, like the, the best one if you had to pick three, but there are two other two other major ones, uh, both of which had pretty significant backing uh, through other parts of the climate movement in New York State, um, and neither passed. Um, the Senate basically, the State Senate Assembly basically iced them out entirely, like even, even ones that like seemed like they would have the votes to go forward if, if like pushing the assembly, they just never actually brought them to a vote. Like we had a lot of assembly members and state senators say like, oh, like, yeah, I'll support this bill, but then they didn't actually vote on it. And this actually happened across, this was not just climate, this is also um, uh, the New York um, Health Act, which would be basically Medicare for all for, uh, uh, help, Medicare for, all for New York. Um, a lot of housing bills got passed. So I think housing passed one or two nice bills, like pretty much every major piece of legislation outside of like, I think one housing bill and like legalizing weed um, got like totally shut out. Yeah, good, yeah. Uh, good stuff. Thanks for doing the important things, uh, you know, New York state government. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you love you think, to see it. What do you think motivates people to kind of say they're gonna support your uh, bill and then not? Um, so I think they don't wanna be seen as opposing green legislation but they also don't want to uh, be responsible for passing it, essentially. I think it also, um, because it, it, it implies a certain amount of changes in the political order of New York State, I think. And I also think a little bit of its laziness. There was also a huge tax fight um, over the budget. And we actually like raised the budget and raised taxes um, for the rich in like a significant way for the first time in like decades, I think, in New York State. And so I think they saw that and just kind of said, okay, progressives got to win. That's, that's all they need. And just kind of took it from there. So I just think they didn't, they didn't feel like they had to. And they are also like, they fundamentally don't really want to um, 
make these changes, especially because a lot of them get funding from like Con Ed and National Grid and other like dirty energy utilities. Yeah, uh, National Grid is like the bane of my existence. But mm. uh, and when I say that, I mean uh, a company that I don't pay on time. Wouldn't that be Con Ed if it's New York State or city? No, I have I have National Grid for gas, I think. Oh, interesting. Okay. Some something else, but yeah, this is in Brooklyn. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it, it's a fucking joke. And then these these weird like uh these weird like green energy companies will try to like pitch you on their thing. Those those are escos. So those are basically like, um, I'm not the most well versed in escos, but they are essentially like, basically it's one big greenwashing effort. Um, they uh they they kind of come in and they say like oh like you know we'll sell you green energy but they're pretty much directly connected to um the the broader like dirty energy efforts as everyone else um i actually wish i came prepared with all my notes on escos i always forget them because they're a really fascinating like weird additional privatized corner of a very privatized energy system um but they are basically uh predatory bullshit yeah um I, I know this because I signed up for one for a month and I got and I mm. like tripled the price. Oh yeah, they're really dishonest. But let's uh, let, let, let's 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 widen the lens here. So what you know? What's what was your experience trying to like actually you know? Because I know you started out. Can we say that you you know when we first started talking about politics, you were a little more in the like uh, anarchist camp, I would say. That was yeah. years and years ago. That was years but, ago. You know what uh you know what led to that turning into you being like a proactive member of a group like this so i i don't think that necessarily i think there's like a certain uh culture of anarchist online which is like infuriating but i don't think that anarchism or being an anarchist necessarily um prevents you from like getting active in the dsa or other groups um but i i do think that like a lot of the, the more pop or online anarchism you see is, is not very effective or doesn't really give you the tools to actually like begin to think about power or how you can change it. I think a lot of anarchism tends to like really, really does not like um, electoral work and really does not like legislative work um, and focuses more on a dual power strategy, which is basically like building your own institutions. And um, that I'm sympathetic to that. And I think in some ways that makes sense, but it's also tremendously difficult to do you know, like within capitalism, like it's very difficult to create an economy within an economy. Um, you know, there's been centuries of trying and they all just get swallowed by the main economy eventually because like the thing about capitalism is you, you can't really, there's some isolated incidents that have isolated groups and very successful, but you can't really fight it on its own grounds. You know, like it's, it's just gonna beat you. It's gonna be able to lower prices relative to your venture. Um, like a point of the system is that like, if you want to be competitive with it, within it, you actually have to subscribe to the cruelty of it because otherwise the people who are like, people will make money off the cruelty and they'll compete you. So that's, that's kind of a, what makes a dual power strategy of like starting up your own institutions or businesses um, to like start to like build your own money outside of like normal power centers kind of difficult. Um, so I also increasingly have found that like electoral work and legislative work are effective in some ways. So obviously um, the left is still, you know, like uh, it's still fighting very difficult fights. Nina Turner actually tragically lost um, mostly because like millions of dollars were pumped that race and attack ads against her. Um, 
So it's, it's a very uphill battle. It's very difficult to do. But like when you win an election, it does provide like very meaningful advantages. Like AOC, you can say like AOC is a, a den sheepdog. Um, you can definitely say AOC can be cringe sometimes, whatever. But like um, she is also, I think, is part of the reason New York City DSA became as galvanized as it was um, because it's like a tangible victory. And she also brought like Green New Deal, uh, actually like a major talking point that like persists. She in her own way shifted the Overton window. So like her election, even though, you know, it's one congressperson out of over 500, didn't like change things or fix things. It's, it's a notable improvement that can build off itself, you know? Um, so I saw that and how that worked. And legislative work is honestly even harder but like legislative work is if you have some electoral people in your corner, especially on the state level, you can actually start to get stuff um, passed. And we're, we're kind of not quite, you know, 2021, we were clearly not at that point. But if we were able to continue to build that, we actually could 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 pass a lot of this. And the more that they, these, lo especially local politicians who have like a lot less money and support than like national ones, the more they fear for their office, the more they start to work with us, essentially. Um, and this is also notably like this is how Republicans like won like all across the country during the Obama era is they started with state Senate and assemblies and local offices and like built up their power base in those until they controlled those states like overall, you know, like this would be the Tea Party. Yeah, this is the Tea Party and like what came after it like they they really they focused on local governments. They had a successful theory of power and it's easier for them because they've like you know billionaire money and their party is sympathetic rather than like super antagonistic to them net um but like they seized local governments and they slowly like changed them to be you know how they wanted it which was crueler and like worse but they like achieved massive power through that you know um that is a strategy that can be strikingly effective and uh i think that like those those strategies are very useful to organize around because a like you're not going to win only off of them but you can actually start to build power and you can also like there's nothing easier to recruit people for than electoral or legislative campaign because that's something people immediately understand and can get involved with so like you can recruit from a much wider base using those right off the bat they're very easy especially for newer chapters to really start like pumping up members they are a way to grow. And I think the more I saw that and the more I saw like this specific electoral theory, which is not like electoralism is the keys to the kingdom, but the electoralism is one of many strategies to build power and an especially useful one in early steps, I was a lot more swayed. You know, I think the arguments online tend to be very like whether or not electoralism is going to win everything for us, which is a dumb, dumb discussion versus like, oh, electoralism is a legitimately uh, very useful tool, which it is. So I think like the more I got involved also that that led to then de even deeper involvement because I start to see this theory of of power and I don't think it's as as fully developed as it needs to be still to this day but like a much more working and active and like trial and error applied theory of power than a lot of the other things you see like it's like a you know there's a lot of things stacked against us it is an uphill battle but this is actually something and we are accomplishing slowly and steadily something you know with people who are like very committed to using whatever tools they have at maximum effectiveness yeah yeah well i uh 
I think uh, maybe we maybe we drop a link in the description how to how to get involved sure. in the you know your working group if you if you would like to. Sure. Let me uh, let me drop two two links. Uh, should I just put them in the chat or should I give them to you after? Uh, just 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 send them me in uh, cool. Slack or something. But um, do you mind if I uh, take one minute to talk about our current campaign? Yeah, please. Cool. So uh, our public power campaign, which is the BPRA bill. Um, we're going to resume that in 2022. So next year, the legislative session ends in like June and then it's just out for the rest of the year. They may actually reconvene to get rid of Cuomo, but they're not going to pass bills. They're going to stay gone. So the window to pass stuff is very short and it's essentially expired this year, which is you know why that campaign is inactive. Right now, what we're doing is the Green New Deal for public schools. Um, this is actually being led by Jamal Bowman, a uh, congressman from Westchester who, let me just say, is just rules, like is the real deal, I really strongly yeah. feel. Um, and so basically it's part of the budget infrastructure fights. The goal is to get a significant amount of funding to basically like modernize and climate-proof schools. So like one, like actually have AC because a lot of buildings don't. And as you get more extreme heat, those schools are going to become little brick ovens. So that removing lead, other toxic chemicals, uh, starting to actually transition a lot of these schools because a lot of them do actually use a lot of energy. Buildings are like the number one uh, source of greenhouse gas emissions in New York City, for example. So converting those uh, to green energy via solar panels and other systems. Um, and just ba you know, basically like make, make schools a little bit safer and better for the environment and just like better for kids, which I think is something that everyone wants. So that is our current push. It's a bit temporary because the actual, you know, the, this, this current legislative fight will be over in a few months, but we're really going um, all in on that. And we want to kind of use it as a way to also organize and work with and like further our roots with a lot of local communities. So that's a fun campaign that you can get on the ground floor of right now. There's even a call on um, Tuesday, the 10th, so August 10th. Um, with Bowman, we'll actually be there. So we'll, if we can, we'll put the link there and that'll be very good to attend. Yeah, definitely. If you have a link, we'll throw that in uh, the, the description of this episode. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's move on to uh, the big boy, Andy Cuomo. Um, so there's a million ways we could uh, discuss this, but I guess you know, you, you always were, you know, we, this was something we, the two of us talked about a lot in the last year, just so in, uh, in your own words, how did we get here uh, with Andrew Cuomo? Uh, the, th this rise and fall, this like Shakespearean, like, you know, I mean, it really seems like he's finished. Right. So like how, what, what do you see as the arc of like the rise in the pandemic and the fall of Andrew Cuomo? Um. I mean, just fucking hubris the whole time, of course. Absolute uh, hubris. Yeah, just like a fucking app. Like Cuomo is essentially a monster in like every conceivable way. Um, Cuomo is, I think, like the perfect representative for the Dem Party. They love him because he has done everything he possibly can to keep one of the bluest states in the country from accomplishing anything even remotely good. Um, so the thing about Cuomo also is like, you know, when you when you don't, truly give a shit about like public health or safety in any capacity um you tend to make decisions during a pandemic that fucking kill people and that's what Cuomo did with the nursing home scandal especially because you know like he has a lot of friends in that industry who he wanted to like protect their bottom line and profits which is why he just like sent sick patients to nursing homes um and like tried to 
I think successfully blocked um, those actual nursing homes and those industries from having any culpability in facilitating that, which is heinous. So he, um, the thing about him is I think like the average lib or dem like still does love and trust the democratic party, you know, like part of the culture war is like, I feel like they're more entrenched with the Dems than they used to be. That's why you get like fucking SNL has just become like Robert Mueller Christmas specials, you know, because it's really playing to that like increasingly developed audience. So, um, so, so bad, but so Cuomo, Cuomo essentially played that role. Like Cuomo was like, he, he loves the attention. He is a very effective um, like media manipulator and like player, even though he's, he's got all those weird little like idiosyncrasies. And so he, at the same time of like, uh, like killing like thousands of, of elderly, he was like playing the role of like, um, almost like kind of positioning himself like opposite to Trump as this like responsible legislator, like Daddy Cuomo, who's like giving these briefings on like uh, COVID public health, right? Um, the issue with that is like, you know, the Dems- Televised should, daily also. Yeah, so. televised, televised daily with great, great aplomb. Um, some of them actually, you know, pretty educational, honestly, like it wasn't, it wasn't bad programming. It just like neglected to mention, like, it was also like very much like, like Cuomo propaganda. And he also kept using them to try to, people forget, he kept trying to use them to advertise like opening New York state up in like May, you know, like, so he was, he was still, he was still basically like doing the same shit like Republicans were, um, but like trying to do it with like almost like Sorkin-esque, like responsible man style thing. Yeah. Um, But then he puts this book out, which is absolutely absurd. Hubris at its its peak form. Um, Where, from what I understand, he claimed that he defeated the coronavirus and this book came out in October. Right as Uh, it got into the big ass second spike in New York. Yeah. um, Yeah. So now it seems that his hubris is taking him down, but not for perhaps like the reasons that would uh, be expected for someone who has just botched the coronavirus uh, uh, response completely. It's uh, it's this, uh, you know, women coming forward and uh, having legitimate accusations of uh, sexual harassment and uh, sexual assault. I mean, in one mm. case, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that seems to be what's going to take him down. Uh, yeah. at this time which um i don't know if without his hubris uh and his you know uh you know his actions uh in the nursing home scandal maybe maybe, maybe these women wouldn't have come forward i don't know it's like i i think it made him a softer target honestly like i think they still may have um i think Boylan, very good chance Boylan would have and that set off the whole chain um of people actually coming out it's also, it's worth noting that the nursing home investigation is ongoing and it so far it's been pretty damning for Cuomo. It's just, this one hit first, you know? Um, and this is, we're talking about this mainly because the attorney general report came out this week. Yeah. Uh, from Letitia James, who honestly, you think she's going to run for governor? Um, I think there's a very good chance. I, I don't, I can't say uh, too much. I don't really know. I'm not like not from her camp or anything. Um, I think that like, you can kind of see undercurrents if she's clearly been considering it. And this, this is like my, like truly like not like educated opinion. I think like right now she's struggling with the fact that like she, she wants to run. And if she ran, like she'd stand a good chance, but also the issue is like, 
it could essentially kind of cast suspicion on the reports that she's been putting out about Cuomo. Um, so like, I, I think that she's definitely, there's a reason she hasn't announced it yet, you know, but she, she's kind of taking in some money right now. I think she's considering it, but I think that if she was like, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll see if she runs or not, but it's definitely not like something that's off her plate would be my guess. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're recording this on Friday. So the big news today mm. is uh, Cuomo's aide who says he groped her files a criminal complaint in Albany. Oh, I missed so that. This was the story that I think originally came out in the what was it? The Times Union or something? Albany Times Union. Rep my yeah. local paper. Yeah. So um, I'm from Albany. Yes. Uh, a proud son of Albany. Yeah. Um, proud Albanian. Yeah. Is that really what they call it? No, of course not. Yeah, uh, that would seem inappropriate. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it's just like so. So he might be f- facing criminal charges for the weird s- sexual stuff. Yeah, uh, you know. So, I, I I don't see how he runs again. But like, knowing him, how does he not run? Like run for governor for his fourth term to uh out out uh out governor his his own father um so i think that it depends on if he actually it kind of looks right now like the state assembly and senate are actually going to oust him um which i'm 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 pleasantly surprised by so they uh you know way back in like february or march when this this broke the first time right this whole scandal they kind of like uh, a lot of individual state senators or assembly people were like very like Cuomo needs to resign. But the leadership, Andrew Stewart Cousins and Carl Hasty, um, took a, a far more conservative approach. Um, Andrew Stewart Cousins first said, like, if more people come forward, then we should act. And then more people came forward. So she kind of indicated that he should go. Um, but Hasty, so, you know, th- these proceedings have to start in the assembly, then go to the Senate. Right. So Hasty is the one who would actually be able to he, he's the leader of the assembly. Um, the actually kick him out. And Hasty basically said, like, Hasty completely, like, hit, hit, hit the brakes on it, said, like, if, um, you know, if the investigation comes out and finds that these are true, then we'll do it, but we won't do them now, um, which is kind of why the momentum on that died, if you're wondering about that, did suddenly, like, die out. And now the report is here, and every single, like, top dem who said, when it comes out, we'll go, is now, like, you know, they kind of have to now. Um, Cuomo's popularity is also at its, like, lowest point. I think he's only... He's like like 28 to 60 something favorable right now. So he's like negative 30 points. The uh, homosexuals are dwindling. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's at, he's at a weakest point. Unions are turning on him. His own people are turning on him. So it actually looks like right now because of this report, and especially I think because Hasty basically said he's going to kick him out, people are realigning against him in preparation for that so that they're on the right side of that uh, scuffle, which is also kind of the issue, like, you know, when you surround yourself by all of these political operators the second that you become a vulnerability they're going to turn on you immediately yeah yeah so i don't know it's it's a story that we will obviously continue to monitor on hog planet but like is there any fucking bigger hog than andrew cuomo just a fucking just just like new york state's prize hog seriously he's just a fucking obnoxious piece of shit like yeah he's he's a disgusting we i, I could go i could talk about him for hours he is a disgusting guy even before oh, this stuff okay speaking of disgusting guys i'm going to share my screen here 
um let's let's shift gears because i feel like yeah we could go we could go on and on about cuomo but let's talk about another piece of shit guy oh hell yeah we're doing the crowder video so steven crowder uh is obviously the piece of shit uh right cruel right-wing youtube uh comedian who you know is barely a comedian uh he where he uh, he seems to really enjoy wearing a dress and uh, trying to get people to debate him, uh, but wearing a dress to uh, insult trans people. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, what do you know about Crowder, Josh? Uh, just one of the absolute, like, I mean, he's in that classic model of like right-wing comedian who isn't talented or funny and is mostly like just kind of an odd weasel that like only exists for like his open cruelty like so he can brand the cruelty as comedy rather than like e- even once writing a joke right so we- weasel supreme basically he he got in- he accidentally got into a debate with um sam sam cedar i think it is once yeah. and then his heart gave out because he-, he couldn't handle the pressure <laughs> it was like right after that it was the day after i think he would have seen like debate ethan klein or something and then yeah. sam showed up yeah. And then he just like immediately left. Yeah. Uh, so and then he like like three days later was has been in the hospital for like two months now. All right, let's 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 yeah, watch yeah. the video. Please. He doesn't have a super obvious defect, but from the inside, this bone is causing the, the so, right ventricle of the heart to be smashed. First thing I'm gonna comment here is how did they get the doctors to do this? People in America will do anything for attention. It, doctors are absolutely, doctors love attention. So the titanium bar is sliding into his heart. Yeah. Um, they have blurred. So it's a transesophageal ectocardiogram we are learning. So there's this like sort of like, like almost like inception music playing under this, like very like, I don't know what, what is what do you take from this histrionics uh, and he's he's advertising his t-shirts um <laughs> over i mean oh, <laughs> the t-shirt is so, so funny oh God. look at him Total oh my god, they had a video of him like coming. I, Jesus, I died on live stream and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Listen on oh, podcast app since he's it's like, all podcast promo <laughs> of him like on oxygen. Oh my god. He sounds like Val Kilmer, like he in that like trailer shit, for the man. new documentary about him. Yeah. Dude, it's he's still advertising his fucking shit. He's like on his deathbed. Yeah. I'm sure someone is doing it for him, but like, oh my god. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's it's impressive. I mean, like his you know his producer's probably in the hotel, not hotel, the hospital. Uh, you know, filming him like you know as for content because that's what mm. that's what that's what you do. But like this, like I just love this idea that he's this younger guy, but his like his like body is just giving out because like God wants to like kill him. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 so there's a certain spiritual rottenness you hit where like something has to give, I think. Like normally you see it with like people like fucking Sheldon Adelson who just look like they're melting. But in yeah. Crowder's case, I think it came a lot sooner and with a lot more vengeance. Yeah. I mean yeah. like 
I mean, he had one too many cigars, maybe. He's rotting. (laughs) Um, I love when people share pictures of him with cigars every time he's like... (laughs) Oh, my God. He looks like a fucking child. For the worse. Um... He looks like he looks like when I was a kid and I'm like joke just like suck on a baby carrot to pretend I was being fancy with a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. He he, uh, he has earned nothing less than like scorn and I guess if you're like a medical professional you can't just like I don't know you know make his life even worse like you know maybe like you know remove a testicle or something. <laughs> um slip slip in like a joke organ yes like a, like a they probably already gave him the pig's heart the hog oh yeah yeah um, give him a new kidney but one that like kind of smells bad yeah i i imagine his uh i, I mean his, his, if crowder's in a lot of pain i mean you know nothing really funnier than that i mean that's pretty great <laughs> yeah i mean the thing the thing is like people say like oh you know like so, so much for the tolerant left or whatever the current like things are but like if, if you live a lifetime of cruelty like i think that like that rebounding on you even just purely by chance is like pretty funny you know like i don't think it's wrong to laugh at like the misfortune of someone who would like gladly see like untold suffering you know totally i mean he is you know you reap what you sow right it's like you know you 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 put negativity into the world and then your heart just explodes yeah all right but you know i feel like this is in keeping with that theme uh this is this is the video uh, that's been making the rounds today are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what america is and what she represents? oh this is fashion so we have younger parents aren't so sure we have reagan um is the right thing to teach modern children we, we are seeing america monuments be destroyed Cuomo Wom- saying it was never that great america we're not going to make america great again kaepernick white supremacy eradication of the american memory that i mean what what are you seeing here oh this um, this is this is just straight fucking fascism this this is like straight like we must protect the future of our children like fourteen word shit. This, this is about as ghastly as it gets, man. This is like uh, this is like white genocide myth almost. Yeah, but they throw in Martin Luther King and like a uh, you know you know uh, Jackie Robinson and it's like oh see we're, we're we're we love freedom. What is this? You'll see. Wait till the end. Oh God. It's uh, a we the people. We the people. We the people are free. Wait for it. Wait for it. They showed Pat fucking Tillman. Oh my God! They showed Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman followed by George Bush throwing a fucking Jesus Christ. Pat Tillman. And it's wide ad. Are you fucking kidding? Honestly, it's a brilliant. Chardonnay ad. Honestly, fucking brilliant. We the brilliant. people wine. Oh my god. American wine. Yeah, every American. every brand has become the NRA. What the fuck is that? Oh my god! I did not expect that that was going to be wine. God, like he, Oh man. Pat um, Tillman. Pat Tillman Orchards. That so so. 
I feel like we should give a little background of why it's so offensive to use the image of Pat Tillman to sell oh this God. ridiculously, like, um, as you said, fascist product. Oh, my God, man. So Pat Tillman was a football player in the NFL who uh, left the NFL to go uh, fight in the Middle East in the military. He uh, sort of he wasn't a conscientious objector at a certain point, but he definitely was like, um, he had a correspondence with Noam Chomsky. He was definitely like a, a leftist and was like, uh, I think developing some pretty negative ideas about what we were doing over there. And uh, he was killed by friendly fire. George Bush uh, used his death uh, as a sort of, um, you know, uh, what's the word, jingoistic um, yeah. propaganda tool. And uh, Tillman was literally like anti-war. There's a good documentary called The, the Tillman Story. Mm. Um, and th that is so heinous to sell wine with his likeness and include George Bush throwing out the first pitch at a baseball game. He got a pretty prominent um, port. I mean, that, that, that trailer moved like super fast. Like he got a longer like, like pan on him than most other things in that. Uh, I think there were multiple too. images of Tillman, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I, I only noticed the one at the end, like right before the church. Well, no, but there, there were like, like, but there were like so many images in there of, of, you know, um, you know, everything that a right wing, a hysterical person is upset about. So why do you think that sells this product? Do you think it like taps into this visceral fear they have about like a, an American decline um wait can you repeat the question sorry with all this like fascist imagery do you think oh. that this is like do, do you think this is connecting to something like deep visceral in these people and their fears and like you know to psychoanalyze a little bit you know uh, what does it say about these people that these images sell products it's like i don't i don't yeah. fucking buy stuff um like the punch nazi uh you know uh, juice <laughs> you know so it's i think the think culture war right has way? gotten so out of hand that like people like like basically people will just like buy something to like spite the other side or like buy something because it's their like fucking side like there's so many different like absolutely dog shit like like black rifle coffee brands that are like coffee that supports the troops you know Definitely. it's kind of interesting because you know even a lot of that like caring about coffee i think like 20 years ago used to be like a fairly effeminate thing and it's moved from that to like oh no you got to drink the the troops coffee you can't drink that liberal coffee and i think bo both sides have this but i really feel that like I, I don't know like 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 people just like will fucking buy anything on their side of the culture war a lot of the time you know like even even like you'll just keep finding new avenues in like new markets to culture war like fucking wine i'm sure that like in a year there'll be like a fucking like Mussolini detergent or something. Yeah. But then what's the liberal version of that? Like, like, I, um, I think it's just all the, all the ads that are, and I think these are actually a lot better, but I, cause you know, it, it's easier. I think it's just like in, in at least the conservative mind, it's all the ads that are, it's like, it's like a target ad, but it's got like a gay family stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I think the Republicans have gone way more insane with it, you know? Like the liberal stuff will be more like just showing like a cute, like alternative family or something, you know, it's like it's all the companies that like put on the trans flag or like the LGBT flag um, during like uh, LGBT month, is it mm -hmm. pride, pride month, pride month, pride month. Um, 
And I feel with conservatives, it's just like a lot more bombastic. Um, I, I don't know, like, I, I, the appeal of like fucking like conservative wine is so weird. Yeah. Um, I don't imagine it's very good Chardonnay. It's probably extremely expensive. Um, I, I bet it's absolutely trash. Um, it, it, there's no, I feel like there's no way if they're going through all the trouble to market it that this way, that it's like a good product. No, fuck no. No, absolutely not. Um, all right. Next, the next story. Um, now I only watched like 30 seconds of this, but it is so good. So this is, uh, the San Diego County Sheriff's department's, uh, Mm. uh, educational video about the dangers of fentanyl. I'm San Diego County Sheriff Bill Gore. What you're about to see is traumatic body-worn camera footage involving one of our deputies who was exposed to fentanyl during his patrol shift. Exposed to fentanyl. On July 3rd, 2021, a patrol deputy with the San Diego County Sheriff's Department was exposed to fentanyl while processing drugs at the scene of an arrest. The deputy nearly died after the exposure. I need Narcan! I'm Corporal Scott Crane from the San Diego oh my God. Sheriff's Department. My trainee was exposed to fentanyl and nearly died. <laughs> it was our first radio call of the day, and this was uh, Deputy Five Eyes radio call. He found- okay, just before we go any further, what are you saying is literally impossible? You cannot die from fentanyl from touching it. Doesn't that, it goes, you like inject it, right? Like you don't, I, I've yes. never, I have not done that. I'm not the most- Or you snort it, it's, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it, a, it, it's, it's it, it's, it's not absorbed by the skin. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, you know, whenever they do a drug bust and they say like, oh, we have enough like fentanyl to kill like a, a hundred people or a thousand people. I think they just assume if you like let that out in the open air, it'll kill everyone. Yeah, if you like just threw it in like a jungle gym. Yeah. Like the, the, the presence of it is enough to like take out a small school. Found a white substance that he suspected was drugs. Yeah, I don't, he yeah, absolutely snorted counter. it. Um, it could be cocaine or fentanyl. Dude. It, it tested for fentanyl. That stuff's no joke, dude. It's super dangerous. I was like, hey, dude, too close. You can't get that close oh to it. Oh, my God. I'm he so just excited. snorted it on the job. Back, and he collapsed. No, just from touching it. Oh, look at this. <laughs> oh, that's, that's staged. He is fall, and they're editing together the two different body cams. Went to my trunk. Oh, yeah. Came down to him. So he's so giving him Narcan because, oh my God. Nasal spray in one nostril. Oh my God. Oh my God. Spray. He's oh my giving God. the Narcan to his, his, his deputy. Not feeling right and then I fall back. And uh, I mean, this is just like- so What would possibly day. compel you to do this? I'm trying to get him to focus I, on just- breathing. Dude, they do so many, cops do so many fake videos. This is wild, though. Because it's, like, bad acting. Yeah. Well, they're never well acted. You remember that video, like, uh, a month or two ago of some dude, like, very tenderly taps, like, a police detective with, like, a small twig, and then the guy just falls over? I don't... Oh, yeah, I did see that one. Yeah, yeah. And it was very... They they love stage shit like this because they need it to be, like, the vic- they. Basically, there's no body cam video that actually shows them like helping someone. It's all them just fucking brutalizing people for no reason. So they have to make their own productions to like show that they're like helping out or like are at risk. 
I think but that's literally is, what it is. I think it's, it's it's like cops are marketing themselves. But this is literal like disinformation. This is yeah, not, yeah, oh like, yeah, medically sound what they're saying. I yeah, mean, do, yeah. It's do you think to, they've like, ever had any issue Narcan with that? If someone, sorry, say that again. Do you think they've ever had an issue with that, or like have any any uh, hesitation to just like lie about any of this? Oh, I, I can't imagine a, a, a sheriff's deputy or a cop lying. Mm, um, true. Impossible. I apologize to the boys in blue for uh, casting um, aspersions on their motives. Or this sheriff uh, deputy, the boys in beige. Um... You're okay. Don't be sorry. There's nothing oh my god, the Don't most fake wiping a tear. He's crying! I need Narcan! I need Narcan! I'm trying to not let Don't... him... How much Narcan do you need to I'm give him? I'm trying to not let him die. Wait. I got you. Hold that's on. a second. That's at least a second Narcan. Like I'm just. I'm trying to. Sorry about. Uh, I got this... you. Okay. I'm not gonna let you die. I'm not gonna let you die. I need Narcan. I got you. I got you. I'm trying to not let him go. Like I'm just. I wanted him to. He. He. Wait. Is okay. At best, if this is real, the guy's having like a panic attack. Yeah. Right. Like, is... like at best. But probably then, injecting like, it with what, a shit ton of Narcan would not be good for him. But like, why would you? But he's like sitting on his back. For the listeners, I'm I'm hoping you can get a sense of what we're watching here. But um, and I, I recommend you go to the YouTube and if you're not if you're listening, then just and just fast forward to this part uh, with the sheriff's deputy video because it it's wild imagery. Um, he's like he's acting like his body's limp, so that doesn't track with a panic attack. But like. Literally, it is impossible to like get fentanyl poisoning from from like being close to it, especially within like a second. Yeah, that was it. Was like, don't get too close, buddy. No, like that. Like literally, he opens the bag and then he like passes out. <laughs> look at this! Look at this! Oh my frame. god! <laughs> it's it's dude. It's like when you like catch a fish and you're showing it off. Honestly, yeah, it's like a bass. Jesus. It's invisible. This music. He would have died in that parking lot if he was alone. Fire department got there, put him on the gurney. His eyes rolled back in his head, and he started to OD again. And he was ODing the whole way to the hospital. What on earth? <sighs> I don't think people realize the severity of just how deadly it really is. I'm Deputy David Fiveye, and I almost died of fentanyl overdose. No, you didn't! One of the greatest threats we currently face is a synthetic- Hey, Dan, I, I believe survivors. 50 times more potent than heroin. Fentanyl overdose- All right, I, I think we've seen enough here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, yeah, obviously complete bullshit. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Total fucking joke. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I, I can't even- I don't see how that's not like a, a like a Mr. Show sketch or something. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. If you just replace like fentanyl with weed, it would be if a great replace, sketch. Yeah. <laughs> just put like Bob and David in there, and yeah. like <laughs> uh, you replace fentanyl with like cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. <laughs> So Bill Gates finally uh, oh, speaking yeah. to Anderson Cooper said, uh, 
his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein was a huge mistake. I had several dinners with him, hoping that what he said about getting billions of philanthropy for global health through contacts that he had made might emerge. When it looked like it wasn't a real thing, that relationship ended. But it was a huge mistake to spend time with him, to give him credibility of being there. You know, there were lots of others in that situation, but I made a mistake. <laughs> it's, I mean, where to even... The, his fucking pedophilia trial was public knowledge you know like you can't you can't just eat like let, let's take bill gates like his, his absolute word that he like really believes that like jeffrey epstein is going to bring him billions of dollars first of all like you, you literally know he's a, there's a reason your wife is warning you about him it's because he is on the books in the news in like 2005 pedophile like he's just a known pedophile second of all like you have billions of dollars. You don't need to go, you don't need to come begging to, and once again, like, I don't believe any of this. This is just like taking him at his word, the most like, oh, no, this is possible. Like the, this is pathetic, like PR, like yeah, wiping is, up the fucking horrific crime. It would be scene better of, for of, him of the, to the not Gates. address it. Exactly. Well, Melinda Gates has been torching him. So I like, love it. It's so good. Um, yeah. It takes a billionaire, to take a billionaire. Um, I, 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 yeah, I wish, um, I, I feel like it just also, I, I think a big thing about being a billionaire and having the ability to have like unlimited spotlight is you kind of just get used to it. Like you are like a celebrity, but with your own, like you can continue to propagate your own celebrity. You see like Musk and, and Bezos doing that a lot. I think like Bill Gates would have been so much better if he just did not respond to this and just did not like release this insane statement. Um, that then brings attention back to this thing that has left the news cycle. But instead, like, he has to double down because he, he can't stand the idea that, like, he doesn't have the last word on anything. So he says, oh, oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk to Epstein, as though he's, like, some fucking victim and not, like, almost certainly on the Lolita Express. I mean, yeah, he knew he was like, on it, but, like, participating in full. You can't say you were duped when literally like this was after the first conviction for sex trafficking. Exactly. Um, like, like, why did your wife warn you about him? What did your wife warn you about? Your wife warned you about, you about him, right? What was she warning you about? Obviously, she's warning you about the fact that he's a fucking like, I don't know if he was convicted in 2005. I think he wasn't because that insane, like really sketchy bargain that he what did. Was it? But yeah. um, no, no, but like, that, like well, that you bargain know, was that bargain was the conviction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, basically, like you, you know, this guy is like on the books. Like he, he's definitely a pedophile. Like he went to court for being a pedophile. Like you are a billionaire. You have access to more information than anyone. You can ver you can validate in a second that like, yeah, this this dude is is clearly like a pedophile who uses money to buy his way out. Yeah, and that uh, Epstein pleaded guilty in 08. Uh, yeah, and that was set up by Trump's labor secretary, future labor Acosta, secretary yep. Alexander Acosta. Um, I'm reading Julie K. Brown's book right now. Uh, you know, and she wrote the Miami Herald uh, explosive uh, stories that uh, got this Epstein story rolling again. Um, it's a very good book. Um, mm. uh, yeah. So Gates, uh, his vaccine. Uh, I, I mean, I could. I think. I think hubris could also apply here. Um, what do you think of what do you think of this almost like Cuomo his his reputation's really been diminished at this point in a way that we you couldn't have fucking predicted a year ago um I mean I I, I think uh in what way I guess like 
just the well, rise I just and think fall in, in, a P, in a yeah in a PR way, I think it's a it's a fucking mess for him right now. Uh, versus he was like, oh, I'm the vaccine master, and like we the news should talk to him because he'll get us out of the pandemic because he's 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 really smart and helps people. Well, he Africa. also he also does that. So I think Cuomo did a lot of this stuff because I mean he I think he also had presidential ambition, so it helped with that. So like. Well, a lot of his behavior is self-serving in both their parts. Like it is, it is kind of goal-oriented. I'll say with Cuomo, I think after a certain point, it especially became more just grandstanding. But the initial, I think a lot of the initial push was like seriously considering himself like down the line 2024 as a candidate, you know? Um, like like strongly considering that. With with um, you know, Bill Gates, like there's a real purpose to him like making himself the guy who talks about the vaccines. I don't I mean, I think at the same time, like Bill Gates is like famously like a very arrogant guy. So some of it's arrogance, but like, you know, he fought tooth and nail against like loosening the patents and like, you know, like letting other countries like make these vaccines. He's like very aggressive patent law enforcer, which is how he makes a lot of his money to this day. Um, so, you know, for him, those those appearances were basically him protecting his business interests. Um, they, they were they were probably hubristic in their own way. You know, he he's spent like 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 you know millions of dollars, like like tons and tons of time repainting him from like this like cutthroat um, like you know business guy into basically like a, the liberal billionaire, kind of similar to like Buffett. You know, like right. his his image is like I think part of his as a billionaire, you have your own soft power, and that's kind of what he's done here. The issue is, of course, he's like a scumbag who like wrote into his wedding vows that once a week or, or like once a year or something, he gets to sleep with his ex in like a cabin. So like he relied on his wife very heavily to clean up his image, but like then continued to be, I think, probably a scumbag in that relationship. So, you know, when she leaves, it's all going to fall apart. Right. I think for him, his hubris was not the appearances, but just the fact that like yeah, you had this one relationship that in a lot of ways was the cornerstone of your entire media strategy with someone who obviously knows like all the monstrous things you've done. Like you should not alienate that person. You should probably like, A, try not to divorce, get divorced from them. And B, if you do, like settle generously beforehand so that they don't like take you for everything in divorce court. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, I don't like to shill for a billionaire, but Melinda Gates, you've done you've done great work in the, in the <laughs> realm this this year. I mean, this is yeah, we, honestly we impressive. Hog Planet, thank you. Yeah, a Hog Planet extends the warmest thank you to the <laughs> to the uh, billionaire Melinda Gates. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Melinda Gates, um, for your service in taking down one of our nation's largest hogs, a uh, Bill Gates, mm -hmm. a prime hog. Seriously. Um, so let's close things out by just let's make fun of the Marvel NFT thing. I mean, oh, God. So I, I I've never enjoyed digital comics to begin with. I find that it takes away some of the. I don't know, some of the kind of uh, connection to the work. I, I don't mind reading ebooks, but with comics, I like to hold it in my hand and flip the pages and stuff. So. Once I when I read that Marvel was launching NFTs of like classic stuff, that that uh, Spider Man I think specifically right? Yeah, Spy the, the whole Spider Man. NFT yeah, what, line. What, what's your what's your take on this uh, th this latest development? 
Um, so first of all, online comics rule. I read like a hundred comics wow. a day. That's You've like real. Me. Uh, yeah, I showed you, man, with facts and logic. Uh, so they're great. And I, you know, like to actually own the amount of comics I read, I would need like a full room in my apartment just to hold them. Uh, I, at this point, I've just erased the existence of libraries, clearly. Um, but so I just, I want you to say that you're wrong and I don't want that to be the official position of Hog Planet. Um, I can see, I can see, (laughs) no, I, um, I, um, I can see that position. Fine. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that we can engage in good faith here. Um, as for the NFT stuff, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's just like, it's, it's like the, basically what they're doing is they're doing what the housing crisis was in 2008 but with like cultural touchstones, like they're just making like, like these synthetic copies of this like media and like marketing it. But I don't, I don't get why people like no one, I think at this point, almost no one, except for the people who are already Bitcoin weirdos at like believe NFTs are worth anything. It makes a lot of sense for this company to sell an NFT because an NFT is not like, like ownership of the property, you know, it's it's not like you know when how Sony had uh, ownership of of Spider-Man movies, which is something extremely valuable. It's like you you can just kind of say that you have rights to this one piece of digital media, right? But those rights yeah. don't like they don't extend like a copyright. Uh, it, it it doesn't mean anything. It's just a certificate that says that you. It's like those certificates that say that you own a star. That that you yeah, all right. In the nineties, wouldn't this be like? It's like you order something on Amazon and then they, they you get a picture of it digitally. Yeah, you exactly. Get a thing. Exactly. You just get a little picture and a certificate saying that you own this. And it makes sense for these companies to just like fucking sell these because, you know, if Jack you Dorsey like, sold his first tweet. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, God. I did see that. Yeah. Because if you get like two million dollars just like selling someone like a, a printout certificate that says like you you have the rights to like a digital not even the rights you just like quote unquote own a digital spider-man comic then like yeah like i, I guess like make that money you know like why not it's it's yeah. crazy that people are still like buying these i guess it's just like because there's such a crypto economy uh which is just like this constant like like swapping like who's holding the bag of these assets uh like everyone either is a true believer or like thinks they'll be able to like unload their assets before it goes down. But it's like, it's, it's crazy. Not that the companies do it. Cause once again, it's literally free money, but the people keep going for these that like companies but it's crazy like, that people fucking. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Why? I don't know. People just, I guess have money to burn. It right? doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't entitle you to anything. I think a lot of the NFT boom was actually like people a- didn't spend that much money during covid so i was for gonna like say that, it's such a pandemic thing right yeah exactly so like you're already half crazed and you are like at like middle upper middle class rich enough that like you don't and you didn't lose your job so like you actually have money to burn so you're either gonna like buy up like wood or you're gonna buy like nfts yeah yeah and um, I, I, th- I think that's just what like people have money to burn so that's yeah. what they're doing well you know you could spend your money in ex- way better ways, like Fortnite skins. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, because then I think it's fun to have a little skin of a character, you know? Like, yeah. that's like something you can actually do. So it's it's small and it's kind of a scam in its own right, but it's something you can actually do something with, and it's not claiming that you're going to be able to like double your investment over it. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and plus, 
I mean, we didn't even talk about the environmental degradation it causes. From... Not, not good. Not good. I think sometimes overstated. Like what the server like, farms? Yeah, like... they're they're like legalizing in upstate New York, like fucking peaker, like awful gas plants that were closed to come back online, and they're like, you know, this generates a ton of heat, and they're just pumping that heat in like fucking rivers, and they're like, the the climate impacts of that, and like some of these local like upstate ecosystems are really questionable. A lot. I mean, this is like China and like a lot of other governments are like banning these because they're just so wasteful. Like also, so the, the, like a lot of the products, one thing that isn't, is not talked about a lot, all the products that you actually like will, will make to mine Bitcoin, right. Um, are designed. So all they can do is mine Bitcoin. So they are like, like useless at literally anything else. So you're creating these like completely these server farms of like oftentimes just completely useless machines that are like destroying the environment and you can't even like you can't even use them for anything else they're like hardwired to just make bitcoin or like whatever your crypto equivalent that you want is they're dedicated crypto machines i i think we have to say nfts are very hog very very hog like yeah is that a broom or like a swiffer oh yeah i i I like to play with things in my hand so i've just been fucking around with broom why don't you you air guitar as we uh, say goodbye here um, gonna, actually, I'm gonna flute it. Oh, I like that. The, the, yeah. the uh the old recorder trick. Exactly. Um, all right, uh let, let's wrap it up here because I think we're we're probably over time. Um Josh Crash Hour has been the Hog Planet guest today. And Josh, uh anything you'd like to plug again, we will add any links you'd like into the show description for people to get involved with um your DSA working group. I think, yeah, I'll, I'll send you links. I think, like, in general, uh, this is the best time to get on the ground floor. A lot of these efforts, they're not going to go away. They're only going to ramp up, and we're going to need to fight these fights for the next, like, years to come. I'd also say just in general, media campaign, Green New Deal for Public Schools. Um, it has a lot of support behind it. It's a national campaign. The New York City is a very prominent branch, so we'll be doing a lot for it. Um, you know, like we have literally a call with Bowman on the 10th, which I think is going to be really good. I think, um, if you're kind of interested in these politics, this is a very good way to get started and we'll make sure the links are in the description. Yes, sir. Um, I want to plug, uh, my Instagram where I am posting paintings. Uh, Josh has purchased, uh, several at this point. I am a major, paintings. I'm a notable patron of hog planet. This isn't Hog Planet. This is my art. True, true. I am also on the Hog Planet Patreon, though, so I am yeah. in many ways a patron of dance. Which, which I haven't, which I haven't charged anyone for in over over a year. I think <laughs> um, I should just turn that back on and like s- collect, like you know, whoever's still on there, like seventeen bucks a month. Yeah, start selling Hog Planet NFTs. Yes, uh, I'm out of the lighters, but maybe I'll get more. Um, mm. DM me if you want them on a Twitter at Spuventacular. You want to plug your Twitter or are you anonymous on there? Um, I don't want to plug my, t- it's just a personal Twitter. I don't yeah. Yeah. That's it. fine. I, I, you, you post it's a not lot. Even very like, good. Do you want, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You're not going to get followers off this anyway. They don't I didn't think you. I would, but I don't they think you're them. a, they think you're a damn pig. Yeah. No, I, I'm I kidding. Barely, Josh, I, I didn't I, on script. You know, I, I wanted to have you on for a while because uh, I wanted to talk about Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> uh, and you were the person I fell to, uh, oh, you yeah. know, knew what was going on and i'm glad that we waited until now when he's fucking great timing he might he might go down i i mean it's it's difficult to feel like the hope because especially like you're you're always used to things like 
I mean, with I Trump, think, you know, right? With Trump, it was always like he's finished, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. But know. I think with with Cuomo, it's like literally every single ally that he has has turned against him. The people with the direct power to very easily get rid of him are saying that they're going to get rid of him on like Monday. I think like so. I I think and like this isn't. There's another report after this too. Eventually, it's going to come out with the nursing home stuff. So like, yeah, on the very off chance this doesn't take him out, like I I don't know. I I think he's. I don't believe it when I say it, but like trying to think rationally, I think he's, I think he's done. I think he's gone. Please, please let, uh, let him, uh, let him rot under, uh, under a bridge somewhere where he may get swallowed by a, a, a swamp monster mm, and yeah. um, feel, feel the radioactive torturous, um, fangs sink into his italian uh pierce nipples horrid yeah uh, almost heronius boschian almost this picture yeah i uh yeah i fucking hate that fucking guy i have to say oh yeah Um, i mean he's he's been like the number one reason that like things are not substantially better in new york politics despite how like blue the state is like if you, if you can point to like there's a, there are a lot of other players here but if there's there's one single target it, it's Cuomo all the way. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, Josh. Uh, this has been really really uh, fun for for uh, me to discuss these topics with you. And um, you know maybe by the time we're done recording this, uh, Stephen Crowder will have some botched uh, surgery. Hell yeah. Fingers crossed. I'm I'm checking Twitter as I speak, but all I can see is like an owl died in uh, Central Park. Um. Goodbye, Stephen Crowder. Goodbye, Andrew Cuomo. Goodbye, owl. <laughs>